Welcome to Special Needs Ohio. My name is Rob Gorski, and you may know me from the award-winning blog and podcast called The Autism Dad. For well over a decade, I've been a public figure in the autism and special needs parenting community, where I share my experience as a single dad raising three autistic kids. My kids and I have been through so much together, and I want to use what I've learned along the way to help other Ohio families navigate their journey. And guess what? My kids want to help too, so we're going to be doing this together. Special Needs Ohio will provide you with valuable information about people, places, agencies, and organizations that exist to support families like yours and mine. You'll hear interviews and special interest stories from families all across Ohio that will provide you with hope, inspiration, and a connection to an amazing community. New episodes drop every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit specialneedsohio.com for more information. On this week's episode of Special Needs Ohio, I have an amazing resource to share with you guys. I've been so excited to to get this episode done. Uh, I was at a resource fair recently and I met someone named Becca Michener. And Becca is the Summer and Respite Director for Camp Nahop. Camp Nahop is in Perrysville, Ohio. And they are a summer camp that specializes in working with neurodivergent youth. And they take kids from all over the country uh, and they have all these different age groups. And Becca stopped by and we had a conversation all about what Camp Nahop is, how it operates. And, you know, I tried to ask questions coming from a parent's perspective so that you, as you're listening, can have some of those questions answered so that you can kind of gauge whether or not uh, this is something that might be a good fit for your family, right? So we're going to talk all about what the camp is, how it operates, what the age groups are, and how to get camp funded so that it's not an out-of-pocket expense. Uh, They have a lot of ways that you can get this funded. They will help you to get it funded. And it's just an amazing experience. Becca is just an awesome person, and I'm so glad that she took the time to uh, have this conversation. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you take a moment and uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you work? Yeah, so I'm Becca Michener. Um, I am the Summer and Respite Director at Camp Nahop, located in Perrysville, Ohio. Um, I have a master's degree in human development and leadership with an emphasis in autism studies and landed um, in Ohio, weirdly, for an outdoor education job at Nahop. Um, Wasn't really sure what was going on, didn't plan on staying here, um, but just really fell in love with the program um, and now get to hire and train and put on summer camp um, for neurodivergent kiddos all across the country. Okay. So first of all, this is very, very cool. I'm, I met you at a resource fair and yeah. I was like, you've got, to, like, we have to, we have to do a podcast about this because I've, uh, Special Needs Ohio was just, it hadn't even launched yet at the time. And, um, I know like one of the goals is to connect families with resources. And a lot of times we think about resources as being like therapies or, you know, doctors or, you know, help with, um, housing or whatever. We don't always think about, um, like social activities for our kids. Right. And there's a lot of people who are looking to, find something like this for their kids. And when you have kids who are neurodivergent or developmentally disabled, it's very difficult to locate things like that. And so 
uh, I wanted to have a conversation all about what you guys do, how parents can connect and, um, you know, learn more about whether they send their kids there or, or not. And, and just talk about the cool things that you guys are doing at camp so that people who are listening can be like, Ooh, I think you know, my kid would love to do something like that. I just never thought that was possible. So can we, can we just start out by, um, let's just start out like this. You guys are in, uh, Perrysville, Ohio, Perrysville, yeah, yeah. Ohio. And that's, if I'm in Stark County, you're South. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So we're right by Mohican state park, okay. kind of like the Mansfield Ashland area. Okay. So people can visualize that and you serve, uh, anyone like, like location wise, like people can come from all over the country. Correct. Yep. We've got, we've got kiddos from Las Vegas and from Colorado really? and Texas come from all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's, who, who do you serve? Like what, um, the kids that come to this camp, like how, okay. How old are they? What are the age groups for, for one thing? Yeah. So our half week program starts at six and seven. Um, we start a full week at eight going up to 18. And then we have two young adult programs that go 18 to 29. Okay. So for, for the parents out there listening right now, like how, how do they know if the camp is a good fit for their child? Yeah. So what we generally are looking at um, are campers that fall in kind of that medium to low support need group. Um, our staff is, is really well trained in taking care of kiddos, but what we ask is that kiddos be able to communicate wants and needs, whether that's verbally or non-verbally does not matter, just as long as they have some form of communication. And then our staff can verbally prompt when it comes to hygiene and toileting, but cannot be hands-on. Okay. And so communication-wise, like someone could have like an AAC talker and that would be that would be absolutely workable. Yep. So we've got kiddos that come with talkers. Um, with those, we just ask that any like extraneous apps are um, turned off. That way it can only be used as a communication device. Um, and generally just because of the outdoor nature of our setting, ask that it come in a pretty solid case just so it survives. The so it survives. Yeah. And so that's another, that's actually a question. When you talk about like removing the other apps or kind of shutting them down, so they're just using it as a talker. Do you guys, um, is it kind of like a screens off kind of experience for kids then in general? It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that looking at a lot of the data about especially neurodivergent kiddos today, tech addiction is so scary and so real. Um, and so create an environment, especially working on those social skills where that barrier is kind of gone. Kids aren't kind of leaning on that device. So up to the point that even our staff um, don't have access to smart devices while they're with their campers. Uh, we give everyone an old school flip phone for emergencies and walkie talkies. But even our staff give up that distraction of, of the apps. Oh, lean by example. That's really cool. And and it's sort of an unplugged experience with the exception of talking like assistive devices and things that are right. necessary for communication or, or whatever. Okay. Um, and you, we talked about age groups. So what, what do kids, based on age group, do kids experience like the same thing or 
like your younger groups do one thing and then the middle group does something else and then the older group does something different? Is that, or are they all kind of doing the same thing, just sort of? So it's kind of a complicated answer. Okay, um, bring it on. So we have a few different programs. Um, primarily looking at our traditional camp is what most of our campers will be at. Um, and it's generally what we ask first time campers to enroll in. Um, it helps us get used to them, them get used to us and see, you know, what potential for specialty camps or trip camps there are mm -hmm. in the future. Um, and so that program is scaffolded by age, but is, is pretty similar um, experience wise. So they're going on a couple of all-day hikes. They're going canoeing. Um, they're camping out at our property and cooking dinner over the fire. Um, very traditional summer camp programming, just with a three-to-eight ratio so that we can really focus in on those social-emotional pieces, helping kids work on those self-advocacy skills of, you know, hey, I can see that you're dysregulated. Where would you like to take a break? And, you know, working on fading prompts so that kids can independently say, you know, I'm feeling like I need a break. Um, and then with our other programs, we have some specialty camps that are geared more towards individual special interests. So we have um, one that focuses on science, one on art, and we're launching a couple of new ones this summer. One that will be about puzzle solving and their big field trip for the week will be to get to go to an escape room. And I'm so excited about it. Um, and that one, so that one's called Myths and Mysteries. And then we have another one launching this summer called Nahop News, where we're breaking our own rule about the screens. Um, and it's, they're going to get to like type up a Nahop newsletter and do a social media takeover for a day. And it's, I'm really, it's going to be a really cool camp. That's super cool. The puzzle thing. That's really cool. Well, it yeah. all sounds really cool, but like the puzzle thing, I'm thinking like, man, I wish they had like a grown up thing like that because my my uh my 14 year old would love that he's he's yeah. big into like um even the games where you have to escape rooms like there's yeah. these games called like the room where you have to navigate all these puzzles and solve all these clues and try and find your way out he's that type of thinker and nice. that would be right up his alley uh well, i will tell you the miss mysteries camp is for ages 12 to 15 okay I'm too old. You're saying I'm too old. That's what I'm hearing yeah. you say. I'm too old. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun though. Seriously. That's, yeah. that's such a cool idea. And then even for our like return campers, um, just to try to keep mixing it up. So there's always a new experience. We also have some travel programs. Um, so we'll have a group that'll go to Pennsylvania. They'll go whitewater rafting during the week. We have a group that goes to Lake Erie and like goes to Kelly's Island and does all the cool stuff up there. Um, and we have a two week program that this year, I'm so excited about it. Um, they're going to go to four different national parks really? over a two week period. Yeah. So they're going to go to Mammoth Cave, um, the Smoky Mountains, Cangaree in the Carolinas, finish up at Shenandoah and then come back home. Wow. Yeah. And how, what is the age group for that? That one, I believe is 15 to 18. Okay. So that would be, that would make sense. It would be the older kids. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's, that's all really cool stuff. Do. Okay. So like if I were sending 
one of my kids to a camp. I would want to know. And so I'm trying to kind of approach this as a, as a parent and, and kind of get a lot of these questions answered so that people kind of have a better idea before they can reach out and talk to you guys. So how, what kind of training does the staff undergo in order to be able to accommodate the needs of these kids? Absolutely. Um, I love talking about our staff because they're just absolute rock star humans. Um, so we hire between 30 and 35 counselors, um, generally looking at college students that are working on degrees in education, social work, psychology, neuroscience, and some other related fields. Um, and then we also have some, some working professionals, teachers, and things that come and spend their summer with us. Um, but before they ever see any of our campers, they go through a pretty, pretty extreme interview process um, and then go through two weeks of staff training with us on property. So part of that two weeks is your normal campy stuff, you know, learning hiking trails and mm -hmm. overnight policies and all of the silly songs and games. But there's also a huge emphasis on just a lot of that knowledge um, for working with individuals that are neurodivergent. A lot of, you know, the idiosyncrasies that come at play. We put a lot of focus on restorative practices so that, you know, yeah, behaviors are going to happen. That's part of life. That's part of, of doing what we do. So empowering them to be able to just really build kids back up after the fact. Okay, yeah, we made a mistake. How do we move forward? How do we go back to being a good community member? Okay. Um, we put a pretty heavy emphasis on talking about um, pediatric mental health, um, the, the comorbidities between mental health challenges and neurodivergencies is so high right now that it would be an absolute disservice to not, you know, look at mm -hmm. what does anxiety look like? What does depression, PTSD, all of those things that we're really seeing in, in kiddos that are autistic or have ADHD or other developmental disabilities and, and really putting emphasis on how do we best serve them. Um, we also put all of our staff through crisis prevention and intervention training with a heavy focus on, on that proactive side of, you know, noticing, hey, I see this shift in behavior. What's going on? I'm noticing that we're, we're starting to look anxious. We're starting to look dysregulated um, and just really putting intentionality into working with kids before they hit a level of crisis. Like de-escalation. Um, to, to kind of cut it off at the pass. Yeah. That's cool. That's very, very cool. So what is the, what is the staff to camper ratio? Ooh, yeah. So for every eight kids, they're in a group of eight kids and um, we'll be with three staff. Really? Wow. Yeah. That I was not expecting that. That's, that's, uh, that's a really good. It is. Wow. <laughs> All right. So do you have, do you have a lot of kids you mentioned kids returning. Do you have a lot of like regulars who just come like every summer? Like it's just their thing. We do. Um, even to the point. So during the school year, we also do um, one weekend a month of respite care um, during the spring and fall. And so we've got kids that will have one weekend a month every month, and then we'll have them for a week in June and a week in July. And it's just amazing to get to watch our kiddos over time, like go from this nervous, shy, 
small human the first time they ever come to now they're just here all the time. Every staff member is like their best friend in the world and they'll talk everybody's ear off. And it's just so amazing to get to watch. You get to sort of watch them grow kind of into themselves and evolve into the people that they're going to be. That's really cool. That's a cool experience. Um, how, Oh, so how, how is this funded? So one of the things that, that I know as, as a parent and a lot of other families in my situation are, they're not, they're, they're struggling, right? They need this. The kids need this, but financially it's, um, challenging. We'll, we'll say how, how does that work? So like, like, is this out of pocket for, for parents or are there like scholarships or is there funding available to help, uh, with the cost of things? Like how does, how does that work? So great question. There's a few different avenues. Um, this is pretty specifically looking at Ohio families. Um, I know we've had some luck with some out of state families getting social service agency funding, but that looks a little different state to state. Um, but in Ohio, at least, we can take, um, if a family has waiver funding through the Board of Developmental Disabilities. Ooh, okay. Um, all waivers in Ohio now with the switch over to Ohio Rise have participant directed goods and services. And so that funding we can accept. Um, we also have a lot of families that will utilize funding from um, other social service agencies, whether that's Family and Children's First Council, whether that is um, through the JFS system, or we also have a lot of families that will access funds through Catholic charities and other um, more localized to their to their county kind of funds. Okay. Um, we do have a small campership fund that usually ends up families that are kind of stuck in that gray area, right? Where we make too much money to qualify for a lot of these state programs, but, not enough but to... don't make enough money to yep. be able to afford out of pocket. Um, and so we do, we do really look at that when our, our scholarship committee is meeting. Okay. And so I guess the reason that I ask, well, A, I think it's, I mean, it's, Logistically, it's an important question, I think, but also I, I, I think it's important. One of the things that I really dislike is when, when we can provide resources for parents, but it's unattainable for financial reasons. And so what you're saying is you could pay out of pocket if that's something you're capable of doing good for you. Fantastic. That works. But there's also a lot of other avenues that can help get camp covered. So if you're looking at this and thinking like, I can't, I want to do this, or I want to look into this, but I can't afford it. Uh, there are avenues to help with that. And you guys can help. Like if they reach out to you and say, hey, like we're, we want to send our kid to this, but we, we need some help. Can you point families in a direction and help them navigate this? Absolutely. Absolutely. We love directing families in the right direction. Um, you know, as, as a neurodivergent human, uh, with neurodivergent children, um, it's wild out there. And, um, you know, I think that there, there's just so much importance in creating the community for our kids and for ourselves to be able to share those resources and make sure that kids and families are getting what they need. Excellent. I really like that. 
that that's I love when when there's something so positive for families and and people kind of bend over backwards to make it as accessible as absolutely possible because there's there's nothing worse than than knowing like as a parent there's nothing worse than knowing that there's something that can benefit your child but you can't afford it like that's i i have i have lived there especially in the past when i was when my kids were younger it was just like oh my god like you feel so guilty because you know it's a tough I thought my kids were knocking on the door uh it's a tough thing to navigate and so i'm glad to know that you guys are able to assist parents in not only f in, in helping them navigate so that they can find funding to get is it relatively easy to find funding so i would say for most of our families um if they aren't already connected with an agency in their county it is pretty relatively easy to get there um but especially this late in the game you know, we are getting a lot closer to summer um where for some families it might not be possible to get off a waiting list or whatever the case may be in time. Get the DD waiver um, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do also have a really beautifully written fundraising letter that we um, send out to our families if they need it. So they can solicit donations from the Eagles Club and the Moose and all of those other like local to their community organizations okay. that want to help families, that want to help kids that have the money. Um, and are just waiting for people to ask. So we actually do have um, a fundraising letter as well as a list of um, like local organizations that they could reach out to. Do you guys ever work with the ARC? No. Ooh. All right, I have ideas for later. Okay. <laughs> uh, the ARC is a huge advocacy group that, that loves okay. helping families navigate uh, things similar to this. And I wonder if they would be a resource. So Gary Tonks is the guy to talk to. Um, okay. No, but, but, um, and, and I can, I can connect you guys if, if that's a thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I do also know, um, with the new Ohio rise system, if someone's kiddo is having more behavioral or mental health challenges, if they haven't already gotten a referral for Ohio Rise Services, that's also um, an avenue to look at. So they place families on a tier system. I don't really understand how the process works, um, but depending on what tier you are depends on how many outside resources they're willing to pay for your family to have. And so I do know that we are also getting kids now um, that are receiving that funding directly through Ohio Rise. Okay. And that's interesting too, because a lot of people might see it as a luxury, you know, and for a lot of families, maybe it is, you know, you want to send your kids to camp for the week or the summer or something like that. Like you see, you see on TV when we were kids, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a luxury for, for families like right. ours, you know, like it's, it's a matter of survival. You need that time in order for yourself to like to survive as a parent. Your kid needs that time in order to uh, gain social interactions that they might not have access to otherwise right so it's it's a it should be more important it should be viewed as more important than what i think it is currently being viewed as so i, I think that's definitely something that i want to i want to look at that um respite care is for everyone you know i think that just like with the term respite it sometimes gets a bad rap but mm -hmm. 
so important for families to get that time to totally be fresh so they can keep showing up to be the amazing caregivers they are for their kid. It's so important for kids to get that break and and to be in different environments and learn and grow in different ways. It's just so important for everyone. And it's okay to need a break from your kids. Absolutely. It doesn't matter whether they have a diagnosis, right? Like you're allowed to need a break from your kids. Our kids are on this earth to drive us crazy. That's (laughs) what their, that's what their job is when they're little is to drive us crazy. I drove my parents crazy. You know, my kids drive me crazy. It doesn't matter that they're autistic. Like it doesn't, it doesn't absolve them of the joys of tormenting me. Right. It's like kids do like it's. I mean, like we're joking, but like kids are still kids. It doesn't matter whether they have a diagnosis or not. And it's, you're allowed to need a break from your kids. That's okay. And, and you know, you can look at camp like a respite. I mean, cause that's really, that's really kind of what it is. It's a respite for both mm-hmm. of you, you know, and, and then you can both come back in a, in a better headspace, in a better emotional place. And you're better equipped to meet your child's needs because you put back into yourself. So like not to get on the whole self-care thing, cause I love preaching about self-care. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, it really, it really is a form of self-care for both the parents and the kids. You know, that, that's sort of when we were talking, um, when we were talking at the, I think it was a connecting for kids thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, that's what I kept thinking was like, man, this is, you know, approach this as like self care for both the parents and the kids. Right. So it's not like you're sending your kids away. It's like you're, you're, it's self care for them and it's self care for you. And that's a really, I, I like, I like looking at it like that. Cause I think that sort of, if people feel guilty about sending their kids to camp or something, like, I think if you look at it like that, it might lessen that blow a little, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. And, you know, I think especially when you're looking at special needs parents, there's so many added variables of, you know, what if they think I'm a bad parent? What if my kid has this Mm -hmm. behavior? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Oh, yeah. Um, And it's something that is just so important to us when we're talking to especially our new families. You know, no news is good news. Yeah. I trust our staff. I trained our staff to be able to handle almost anything because I want you to get to enjoy that time, that respite, that refresh. So you don't have to worry. That's a good point. So I don't have to call you every five minutes to tell you, oh, you know, Johnny did yada, yada. We've got it. We can handle it. Please take care of yourself as a parent so that you can, you know, be back at your prime time with your cup filled. That's a really good that's a really good way to just end this. Like that's, that's such like, if your takeaway from anything of this conversation, that's a really good takeaway. And I can't, I can't, I can't follow that. That was really, that was really, really good. Um, if people want to find you guys, what's the best way that they can find you and reach out and contact you. And I'll put all the information that you share in the show notes, but if you want to you know, say it so that people can, I don't know if they remember it or not. Yeah. Um, so everything is on our website, which is just nahop, N-U-H-O-P dot org. Um, on our front page of the website, you'll see a big blue box that says apply now, mm-hmm. and that will take you directly to our summer application. Um, and if you were to have any questions, feel free to reach out to me via email, which is just Becca at nahop.org. Okay. Very, very cool. When people 
if parents are looking to kind of plan for something like this, what should they be doing to, to plan? Like you mentioned, um, you know, funding like waivers and stuff like that. Like, is this something that really needs to be planned like pretty far in advance, like start at the beginning of the year and start getting all your ducks in a row so that you're ready when summer rolls around? Is that kind of what you recommend? So our registration opens in January. Um, okay. It's definitely easier if you already have a working relationship with an agency to get the ball rolling um, a lot easier there. But we also you know, are aware that the world happens and sometimes it's not a perfect world for us. Um, and so our registration will run until we fill. Um, we don't close our registration. We keep it open. We'll add a wait list if we need to for families. Um, and so, you know, there's always time to sign up. I would say right now with about a month and a half out from camp, we are about 75% filled. So do you still have some spots? Um, but the earlier is usually the better. I mean, that's an important thing to know is, you know, is it something you can just be like, oh, I want to send my kid to camp next week. You really need to kind of think about this ahead of time and then you know, get your waiver in place or however it is that you're going to. Okay. All right. Uh, is there any like message you want to send parents before we close this out? Yeah. I, you know, I think more than anything, just if there's anything that I could ever tell our parents um, or any parents that are thinking about coming to our program is just the absolute benefit of, of kids that are neurodivergent, getting to be around other kids just like them. You know, I think for a lot of our campers, they're really used to being that kid um, at school or in their community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as it turns out, when you put 80 of that kid um, all together in camp for a week with adults that are empathetic and caring and, and want to be invested in them, it's just amazing how successful kids really are and how resilient they are and and just to get to see it click in some in, in a kid's head of I'm not a bad kid. I have a hard time making the right choices sometimes, but I'm not a bad kid and I have worth and I have value is just so amazing to get to be a part of. Um and you know I wish that I could take every every little kiddo in the state and just you know make sure they feel that valued but we'll we'll take the ones we can. It's like we're celebrating these kids and we're, we're, we're yeah. helping them to see the value in themselves in a world that maybe just sees them as different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for me on a personal level, as someone that spent 30 years masking everything mm-hmm. that was different about my brain, getting to create an environment where kids don't have to mask, they don't have to pretend to be what you know the perfect little student or camper is supposed to be in some perfect little box that i hope that you know when they get to adulthood they don't have the same challenges that a lot of us are now having in our 30s and 40s of who even am i because of spending so much time trying to be what i was supposed to be um and i think that's just my big wish for our kids is they find and get to celebrate who they are i think that's amazing i really I can both appreciate that as a parent and then relate to that personally. I was diagnosed with ADHD last year at 43. So actually just like a year ago this month. And, uh, that was really, that was a journey, Yeah, you know, but 
you know, I, I have a better insight into my kids now. I, I have better understanding and they just, you know, I mean, it doesn't change anything, but it's, it's, uh, I get what you're saying, I guess. So like on a personal level, I, I can, I can relate to that. So, yeah. uh, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talk about, uh, all of what you guys are doing. And, and thank you. You know, I, I look forward to to helping spread this message and, and helping connect families with what you guys are doing because I think um, kids they they need this and families need this and I think it's just a it's a really it's a really cool thing. So thank you for everything you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing I love more than talking about our kids and our beliefs. So absolutely, anytime. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate you, and I hope that you both enjoyed and learned something from this episode. As a reminder, you can visit specialneedsohio.com where you can learn more about my family, this show, and even join my free private Facebook support group for Ohio families. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, suggest a future guest or topic, and even request to be a guest yourself. You can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And if you did enjoy this episode, please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're using. It takes like 30 seconds, but it makes a big difference. It's a great way to support the show and it makes it easier for other families to find it. Thank you again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk soon.